Hey friends, are you familiar with the most trusted business network for business executives? It's the C-Suite Network. If you're a business of $5 million or greater, and if you're a VP level or higher, then you're invited to join the C-Suite Network to connect with your business peers. Go to c-suitenetwork.com, that's a c-suitenetwork.com, to learn more about the benefits, meetings, and services exclusive for C-Suite executives like you. Okay, let's do the show. It's time to Accelerate. Hey friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 467 of Accelerate, where I hold in-depth conversations with today's leading experts in sales, marketing, and leadership six days a week. Hey, a couple of quick items before we meet today's guest, who's Michael Fitzgerald. Michael's the CEO of OnePage CRM. Now, if you like the show, it'd really help me out if you subscribed and left a review. I mean, you can do all this with the podcast app on your phone you're using to listen to this podcast. Actually, if you go ahead, hit pause, and subscribe, leave a quick review, and then come right back. I'll be waiting for you. Now, one of the toughest jobs in sales is hiring salespeople and getting it right. It's so important because the cost of getting it wrong can be damaging in terms of lost time and lost opportunities. So to help you get it right, I've created a guide to hiring the right sales candidates for your company. It's called How to Hire a Winning Sales Team. The Sales Leader's Five-Step Guide to Better Sales Hiring. And best of all, it's free. Just go to accelerate.fm forward slash winning to download your free guide to hiring a winning sales team. Again, that's accelerate.fm forward slash winning to get your free copy today. All right, again, I'm excited to be joined on the show today by Michael Fitzgerald. You know, there are no shortage of CRM systems available to sales teams. And I asked Michael to join me on the show today. Because his company's offering, One Page CRM, comes at the task from a really different perspective. It's all about getting things done. It's not just a repository of data. I mean, think about that for a second. Getting things done. It forces the user to think a little differently and a little deeper about stage migration, about what needs to happen in order to accomplish the task you have. So we're going to jump into that. Michael, welcome to Accelerate. Thank you very much, Andy. So and greetings uh, from Ireland. Yeah, greetings from Ireland, and and you're, st- <laughs> I'm making you stay up late to do this. So thank you very much. No, no, no problem. We're, we're um, you know, a small company. We we work hard, and it's 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 not a big deal. We we support uh, the U.S. up to, um, you know, close the business in San Francisco time. So oh, excellent. You know, we're, okay, we're available. Excellent. All right. So, uh, but I take it you're not answering the customer success calls yourself, are you? No. But there is one thing that I, I do that uh, I, I find it interesting, and I don't see many other companies do it, but uh, in our free trial, um, I have an automated email that comes directly from me. It's just a plain text email, and I tell them that I'm the product person in the company as well, as well as leading it. But um, if they have any small issues that, that really bothers them, that you know they don't kind of contact support about it because they can get by, but it bothers them to reply to me and I will reply back to them. And I admit that it's an automated email on the way out, but I will give them a personal reply. So it takes Excellent. a little bit of time every week to do it, but it keeps me in touch with our customers. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So what was the impetus to start one page CRM? I mean, what was, what was the hole in the market you were trying to fill? Because, you know, as I said, in the, the previews is your, you've taken a very different approach to this task. Yeah, um, I, I've been a, a GTD fan for a long time. And so, I getting, it, getting, uh, just so people know, GTD is yeah. Getting Things Done, which is a classic book by David Allen about like David personal Allen, productivity. Yeah. Yes, uh, I mean, it's, it's used for task management and project management, and it's, it's quite successful in that area. And it's, it's, it's really good about knowing what 
you know, to be comfortable about what you're doing and not be worried about what you're not doing at the time. So it's, you know, it focuses in on that. What is that actions you should be doing today or just right now? Um, and we just thought the same thing could be applied to sales because I've always seen sales as a very kind of sequential set of tasks, not um, not you, you can't kind of just grab a, a bunch of stuff and do it ahead before you even contact the, 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 the prospect or you can't kind of plan too far ahead because there could be objections or they just the timing could be wrong. Mm-hmm. So we just thought about it like, you know, well, then it suits very much the philosophy of GTD where it's just focus on that one next action to keep this, the sale uh, pushing forward. And so we, we created a system that was very proactive. And, and what it does is, it, I suppose, it's a little bit like taking what Twitter was at the time. Uh, it, was, it was kind of very popular at the time and it was this 140 characters. So I just said, okay, just force people into saying in 140 characters, what is that one next action? And it allowed them to put a date to it. And so you have this stream of next actions and your context, they flow to the top when action is required. And basically after completing an action, you're in a very good position to actually, de- uh, you know, to decide right there and then an upfront decision about what is the next action. Um, and you set that again. And so basically it goes down and the time passes and it floats to the top again and turns red when when action is required. So we, we kind of trap your prospects in this perpetual loop of always having a next action until you either get the client over the line or, or you know, you just can't make the sale, whatever it is, but at least you've given it a very, very honest effort and you've always been proactive about what is the next step uh, of taking the sale forward. So we see other CRM systems maybe, you know, and they're good and good design and everything like that, but a lot of them are just databases and some of them are reactive as in they might just prompt you to say, hey, maybe you want to reach out to this contact. You haven't contacted them in a long time. But we always take the approach about being very much proactive. You, it just keeps you, you know, in the good decision making to do with your prospects um, all the time. And, you know, you just never you never get to drop the ball because. A lot of us, we do a simple sales action. We, we send an estimate. We, we do some research and we give them information. We, we educate them about a product. And then just after doing that one physical sales action, uh, we walk and we just go on to another prospect. And just at that moment, you might have dropped the ball. You know, they might need just, you know, another phone call two days later. They might need, you know, just another reach out or whatever it is. Uh, uh, to keep the sale moving forward and you know so we we try to stay very much proactive and that's i what i think sets us apart yeah well i think that's when you think about it from a, a selling perspective is that if you're a sales rep and you're in the f- in the field or on the phone and you're talking to a prospect you take some physical action as you talk about as david allen talks about in his book is that action has to generate a reaction of some sort on the part of the prospect which is going to mean there's another action, right? You're not sending them something just for the heck of sending them something. If you're doing that, why are you doing that? Right? If you're not sending the prospect or communicating something of value to the prospect that enables them to move forward in their buying process, then, then you are wasting their time. You're wasting your time. And so your own it, time as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so and it's, it's, to me, this is one of the things that sort of attracted me as I started learning about one-page CRM because as I mentioned before, we came on the air, as you and I talked about this, in my second book, Amp Up Your Sales, I have a section there talking about David Allen, this concept of the very next physical action, is you should know what that is at all points in time with your prospects. What is the very next physical action that you're going to need to take? 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, like when when you're dealing with lots of, if you've got somebody who's dealing with, say, lots of leads and they have to qualify them and they and then they're trying to nurture some other prospects, it, you can get bogged down. And I mean, like if you're kind of you know faced and you look in your database and you've kind of say, okay, I better research this this prospect before I reach out to them or whatever I need to do. It it that is that is a time waste as well. I mean, like you know, there's lots of productivity principles where you would say you only handle a piece of information once and you make a decision. You have to, you know, don't read it and leave it down without make taking on an action. And mm-hmm. um, and that's what we that's what we've built in as well. I mean, like you know, so when you complete the task, we say to you, what is that next action? Because you've got the, the information fresh in your mind to be able to make that decision better. And I would say that uh, you know you're dealing with people like you know if that person was maybe angry in some way you are in the best position now to to make the right decision about what is the next step or if there were if there were you know you're maybe you're you're contacting them too much and the last thing you want is one of your colleagues just picking up you know from where you left off and and being insensitive about it you can make all the decisions way better right at at the time of the last interphysical interaction so that's the that's what we believe anyway yeah, well, uh, and I agree. I, mean, I think that, again, for reps, if, uh, anybody, you know, a sales professional that deals with customers, is if you communicate something of value to the prospect, you do it with the anticipation that they're going to do something in return. And that means that you have to do something in response to what they're doing. I mean, it's just, if you, it, one of my frustrations I oftentimes have when I'm working with, you know, reps or, or even managers, it's like it, they don't think it that many steps ahead, right? It's just, well, I'm going to do this because this is sort of part of our cadence right now. We send out this email. Well, yeah, but what's what's the purpose of that email? What do you expect the rep to do as or the prospect to do as a res- <laughs> in reaction to receiving it? And, yeah, that's why I think your tool is sort of interesting. So you can sort of line that up and say, okay, I just sent this email. They're going to read it. What What's their reaction going to be that I need? So what's that mean in terms of the next step I'm going to take with them? And you put that in. Yeah, no, it, that's... That's even that's that's a great way of looking at it too because you know you you have to try and you're you're preempting what what will the reaction I mean like if you send something by snail snail mail you have to allow for a little bit longer because maybe it's you know by the time it gets there if you send something by email you're making all those things you're trying to predict okay what's the scenario at the other side and I'm creating a, the next action based on that yeah yeah well very very interesting so I'd sort of you know, walk through a little bit of of the system because you've got, uh, I guess you call it your next action system, which I again is a nice clear cut name. But before you do that, sort of who who are you targeting the system for? I mean, who's sort of the ideal client profile of one of your customers? Yeah, so I mean, like it started off. It's it's DNA started originally. Um, I think we mentioned it in our chat before before uh, going on air um, about. You know, it's it's kind of focused that um, sales by business owner. That was for, for some very small companies that I thought wasn't being addressed. I mean, like when I did look at the CRM systems that were out there, a lot of them were based on kind of charts and graphs. That was the main dashboard. When you logged in, you were hit with charts and graphs. And mm-hmm. charts and graphs don't actually help you sell. They don't make help you make decisions on that one next action with each customer. Um, it's because a lot of CRM systems are dictated by from management and marketing, and that's the metrics that they want uh, usually come from those dashboards. Mm-hmm. But by the time you extrapolate back what, what it takes to produce those metrics, um, you get with a, a very bloated system on the other side that's used by the salesperson. 
Um, so we try to say start with the salesperson and then work it the other way. Uh, and that has been, you know, that has been kind of like nearly almost a painful journey for us because we started with just salesperson, not even thinking about the sales manager or even marketing people or, you know, whatever. It's, it's, so the information that goes in, we have to be very, you know, smart with it. We have to um, be able to, to uh, you know, give, give the management if they do need it, but without kind of being overburdening on the salesperson. So if there's anybody going to suffer with our system, uh, it's not going to be the salesperson. I am the guardian of the salesperson <laughs> in our app because we could just start, um, you know, we could we could just start lashing in all the fields and the features and everything like that. And then salesperson just stops using it. And that's the last thing you want, because then you're not going to get your metrics anyway. If you're management or, or, or if you're in marketing or if you're in certain kind of, uh, you know, if you're running your stats in your database and um, there's no point if you if your people are not using it anyway. So we, I'm, I'm the champion of the salesperson um, in our company and, and I always will be. I don't want, um, you know, my mom used to say to me when I was a kid, I was the youngest of seven and she would say, oh, give that job to Michael because he's going to find an easy way out. <laughs> so I think I've got this little slightly built in bit of laziness that if you give me something, I would say, OK, maybe there's a smarter way of doing this. And so I've always been I've hated data entry. I've hated if I have to repeat myself in any in any task. So what is the, the you know, the slimmest way we can do this? And, and so the two things we have on our wall uh, for our system, you know, building it and what guides us is that I've always strived that our system should be as easy to use email but it should try and approach zero admin. Um, and that's for the salesperson. And I'm not saying that there's no administration, but we should try and always approach zero admin. If a click can be taken out, you know, we, we only have one button in our system that says add a contact. And some people that are not used to our system will kind of say, well, where's the, comp where's the organization button where I can add an organization? Once you're adding a contact and you just type into the, the organization field or the company field, we create a company entity in the back end. And then you can add more rich information to the company if you want to. But lots of times at the very start, you're building up information on just one contact that you've got in the company. And then you might find out somebody else and you're getting closer and closer to the decision maker and you can build up. Maybe you've got three or four contacts at this stage. But if you find out very shortly that, you know, this is the wrong prospect, you know, they're not going to buy. There's a mismatch or whatever like that. At least you haven't started this whole data entry, like we would see it as a pyramid where you start at the top and you've got the account and within the account, you start adding companies mm -hmm. and within the companies, you start adding these contacts and you're building this pyramid of information all the way down. We start at the bottom with just a contact and then you can build up the way if you want to. If it ends up being, yes, it's the proper prospect or it's we're on the correct path, we can continue. It's, it's terrible if somebody has to put in all this information just to get going with that first initial person that they're, they're reaching out to. So we can we, we try and build information on your prospect in the right direction. So we don't start with admin heavy. We start with, OK, all you have is the company name. We don't you know. So if you if you go to add it in our system, you just put in the company name and your next action is find the contact that deals with the, the procurement or you know, find the decision maker and you go off and you do that and eventually you find them on the internet and, you know, whatever, you look on LinkedIn or you, you do your, your research and you can build from that. 
and nobody asked you, you know, your system doesn't force you to do anything big. You just put in a company name and the next action, get the decision maker. Mm-hmm. And, and we can do that with, you know, almost in seconds. And so we, you know, and the user doesn't, shouldn't have to think. So it's a bit like um, uh, the, the stuff that the books that we have in, in our in our office that we can try and encourage any, you know, employee that starts with us, we have. Don't Make Me Think, which is uh, one of the famous um, web usability books. Um, we have Delivering Happiness uh, about customer service, GTD, Getting Things Done by David Allen. And once you read those three books, you can nearly feel where we're coming from. So we try to give, you know, good customer support, uh, getting things done and the whole philosophy about how we even run our own business. And, you know, the trusted system that David Allen always describes about the people around you and the system that, you know, electronic systems, paper systems and people systems, that they're all trusted, um, you know, and we run it from that. Uh, but also then this book, you know, Don't Make Me Think, which is in, in from a usability point of view, we think it's it's huge. Um, we've got such a competitive market. You said it at the start of the show. If our product is not right, we're dead in the water. It doesn't make a difference how, you know, value or, or pricing or um, or customer, like you know, if you have good customer support, if your product is not right, we're in trouble. So we're always looking at take away friction, take away extra administration, and just focus on for the user and um, the sales aspects, which is you know sales actions and simple you know data entry, and that's right. what's kind of guided us all along. Well, you um, have a you have a. Um you use the word, you know, you're reading the book about, you know, don't make me think. But, yeah, I sort of listen to that and think, okay, well, getting things done requires some thought. But what you're doing is saying, look, we're taking the thinking out of the system part of it. So you really yeah. have time to think about what you have to do next. Uh, and, and not, uh, because that really is, that really is important. And, and you have sort of some interesting um, tips you talk about for creating action items that I thought was interesting. Um which again are very simple, but but um, get people thinking in a more concrete terms about what the next physical action is. Yeah, the, there's one comparison I would make from a kind of from a usability point of view of a system like a piece of software and a sale, and that is always to reduce the number of questions in people's heads. So if you're meeting a prospect. If you can reduce the number of questions in their head as they're kind of thinking, my God, is this is this a, is this a, a reputable company? And mm-hmm. um, is the product suitable for us? Um, is it is it expensive? I wonder, is there many of my you know my peers using this system? Or is there companies like us? You, they have a huge amount of questions in their head, and um, and so that could be seen as like you know, don't make me think. Don't make your prospect be thinking. Uh, you know all these things. And the same way from a kind of a, a software point of view, we would see it as from a UX user experience point of view, you know, don't make, don't make, reduce the number of questions in our users' heads. So basically you don't want this something, well, should I click on this button or should I save this or should, what way should I add this custom field or what way will I configure it? We've got to reduce the number of questions in people's heads. And so we try to bring that from our product, but also philosophy of sales uh, and when you're dealing with with your prospects and it tries to come out in the content we're producing as well it, a lot of it is about you know um portraying your company giving people the right information to reduce the number of questions in their head it, it'll both help with 
in the aspect of sales, but also for us and our software and people being able to use it, uh, reduce the number of questions so they can, you know, you can focus on your sales actions and not get bogged down with software. And your prospect can actually, you know, focus on what you're trying to sell them without having all these extra questions floating about the decision process that they're, they're actually, you know, they're in, whether they realize it or not. Mm-hmm. So when someone, uh, you talk about initial customers sort of being sales by business owner, you've progressed past that. Yeah. Um, so it's so a really bad market, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> because you know what happens? Well, business owners don't like to sell, for one. Well, no, what happens is they, uh, you know, you, you give a tool to a business owner and then if they make some extra sales with your software, they get too busy to actually use it, you know, so it's, or they get too busy to, they just, you know, things start cracking. Uh, so it's, it's, we, we, we've, we've moved the product away from that market. It's not really a good market uh, for us. So who are you uh, focused on these days? Yeah, no, I mean, like it's, it's, it's small sales teams, but it's, it's, definitely sales teams we're, we're targeting. Um, and that's where real value of CRM systems comes into. I mean, like, you know, I've got a brother in sales, he runs a small business and, uh, you know, everything is in his old Nokia phone. You won't believe it. You know, no, yeah, I'm I would, not even actually, saying yeah. he stores anything in his phone. He knows everybody, like, you know, the numbers he knows, he can just type them in. He doesn't even need to uh, store those. Um, yeah, but everything comes through him and he doesn't, he doesn't really need it. It's, it's a real value when you've got a small team and you've got multiple stakeholders on both sides. So you're selling into a company who has, you know, there's, there's two or three stakeholders. You might have the CFO needs to look at the pricing. The CTO might actually, you know, want to check out your technology or whatever it is. Um, and from your side, then you might have, you know, uh, multiple, uh, you know, supporting staff for your for your sales effort mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's where crm system really comes of value because you know the information in there is vital for people to actually review make decisions uh whether to push more onto a sale or whether to keep going or whether to say okay listen it, it doesn't look like we're going to get that and you know being able to see that quickly and easily and consistently um is key and so we've kind of we've moved it, it has been you know, uh, some re-architecture in the system and everything like that, but we've always kept true to our main system, which is our, our main kind of ethos is that that one page that you work from all day, which is just basically uh, a stream of contacts with their next action. And when we started with that, we believed that that's, that's what our system should always stand for. That's where the pain comes from when you try to make it, you know, relevant for bigger teams. There, it, Sometimes I feel, I don't know whether you have that game much in, in the US, uh, a game called Kerplunk. Do you know Kerplunk? I don't. Do you have that the one where you pull out the straws and the marbles fall down? Uh, you know, it's very possible. I, it's possible. I just, and, I'm not aware of it. <laughs> I feel like, you know, that our, our action stream is like that, but it's been mul- looked at from multiple sides and everybody has multiple actions. And that one contact is like, you know, this this system that floats up in in a in a central kind of tube, but it has it's a 3D. I see our system is probably has moved to 3D uh, <laughs> when we try to you know include teams. So, well, one I, thing I'm, you do that's kind of interesting yeah, is that I again as you don't see it on a lot of CRM systems is is you talk about you put put action sort of into a um, what do you call it like a locked loop system. So you know if yeah. you're not if if it's not relevant to what you're working on now, you just don't see it. 
Yeah, I mean, like it's again, it's back to the thing of it. You know, you could be, you could have put a huge effort into a sales action. You know, put together a, a brilliant proposal. It looks slick. It it does all the business, and you click send, and you walk away. And that's just a real pity you didn't just take that extra ten seconds after probably given you know three hours doing this proposal. You didn't give an extra ten seconds at the very end of it to decide right now what is the next action. And so that's a pity. So that's the lock loop is what we say. Okay, once you complete that action, which was a three-hour huge effort to do a proposal, and you just went on to somebody else instead of saying, okay, listen, I, you know, this person was in a rush to get this proposal, so maybe they're at a decision point, and I should call them back tomorrow morning. And you just take that that extra ten seconds to make that decision, and then you know, tomorrow morning you're going to get an email from one page CRM saying. You know, top of the list, you got to call this person and uh, and follow up with them because, you know, you may have been just so tired from all the work you did and you just kind of say, oh, my God, I need, I need, I, you know, I, I better get to this admin work. I better do something else or, you know, whatever it is. But basically, you need to stay focused. So that whole thing about, you know, when you decide the next action is and you put the day to it in our system, it goes down and floats to the top when action is required again. And so. Even when you do that that action, we, we force you again to say, well, okay, what is the next one? And you keep, you keep doing it. So basically what we're doing is you're in this perpetual loop of floating to the top, do the action, set the next date. It goes down to where that date is sequentially and it eventually floats back up to the top again. So it's this, yes, it's this locked loop, I think we called it in some of our content, or a, a perpetual loop. Sometimes I, I think about it in my head. Um, and it just keeps going until you get, you either get that sale over the line or, you know, there's something else is, is stops it. But you, you, and you know, the term, we, I played a lot of sport and, and your manager mm-hmm. would always say to you, you leave it on the pitch, right. you know, you leave it on the, the field, I guess, whatever you call it. We call it a pitch here yeah. in Ireland. Like, you know, the, Soc- the soccer pitch, pitch, yes. Soccer pitch, yeah, yeah. So, um, Football pitch, I'm sorry. If you leave everything on the pitch, you can walk away and be quite happy that you give it your all. And so we, we try and help the salesperson to make sure that they've given it all, you know, that they didn't kind of go, oh, my God, I lost that sale. I should have probably phoned them, you know, two days later and it's now gone two weeks and they're, you know, they've drifted. Some other salesperson is going to, you know, stole stole the sale or, you know, got in ahead of us or something like that. So we try to make sure that, you know, they leave it all on the pitch. There was no way they could have done any better because they were proactive and they were upfront about their decisions and they focused on what was the most important thing for that prospect every time. Well, and I think that's the really key thing is that, again, compared to other systems, they're sort of just sort of databases. And yeah, there's some automation, machine learning, you know, tools that are suggesting things to do. But yeah. as you talk about, is by taking everything else out of view except that which they need to do right now, there's an element of focus that is really needed for most salespeople, right? Is is because they can be working on so many things, they can get really sort of scattered and unfocused. And I see this all the time. And I have to guard against it myself even, is that here you've got something that's just saying, yeah, this is all you have to worry about right now, this moment, this one thing. Yeah. Get this done, then you can worry about the next thing. I think a lot of it came from my mom. She used to say when she'd give you a job, <laughs> you know, when you're doing that, you don't have to do anything else. And uh, that's, you know, so true or... She had lots of these sayings that, uh, like, you know, and, and a job done right is done twice. I, like, they're still ring in my head. I mean, like, when I'm A job I'm done right is done twice, meaning? You know, so it's like, um, 
uh, if you do if you only do a half job somebody's going to come back to you and ask you to do it again so it's, you're going to end up doing it right the second time anyway oh. so you might as well do it right the first, the first time, time right okay got it, it yeah you shouldn't end the system after your mom yeah i know she was a great woman <laughs> <laughs> seven kids yes by definition yeah. that's an irish family for you yeah mm-hmm. well, and you definitely had the youngest child syndrome based on what she's saying yeah give it to michael yeah. he'll find a way to get around it yeah an easy way to get out of it yeah know? that's an easy uh, way to do it yeah I was the youngest. I had the exact same thing. I think that came from, you know, not as much parental oversight, right? They're, they were pretty much yeah. done after the first three. So in my case, as my siblings always said, is I always had it easy. But yeah, yeah. I had a chance to be a little more, uh, a little more creative. Come underneath the radar, yeah. Yeah, because they weren't uh, expecting me to follow the rules because they were tired of enforcing them. Yeah, no, that's certainly true. <laughs> All right. So then, um, sort of last thing then is. is you know, the thing you call your nudge. Um, so give an example of, of what that is. Um, I guess, you know, what this, you are, I think you, you might have asked me earlier about how, how did the system come about? I mean, like, I, I was trying to increase sales in my small business. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started looking at CRM systems and I wasn't happy with them. But I, I, even at that point, I wasn't like, oh, yeah, that's it. I have to build one of these CRM systems. And um, I did start to read, started to read blogs and stuff like that on, on some sales gurus. And they, they were on about, you know, I just, like I would probably Google the words how to increase sales or, you know, some, these terms and you, after an hour, you kind of, you, your search terms change a bit. But I, I was increasingly coming across the same kind of message. To increase sales, you increase sales actions. You know, the, the mm-hmm. sales activity and sales, mm-hmm. there was different wording, but they kind of, to me, they meant, Actions, okay, there's actions. So don't get lost with, you know, don't get lost with bigger picture stuff. You know, you have to get in, you roll up your sleeves and you do sales actions. And these sales actions were, uh, when I started looking at the examples of them or whatever like that, I was wondering like, you know, you know, you could look at bigger picture and you could do whatever. But when you knuckle down to see what they are, they were small, small very small, you know, physical, like, you know, not I don't know what you call them physical, but they were very fu- like you know, small things that you can just do to tangible activities. Yeah, you know, like indoor phone calls, you know, uh, sending brochures, um, you know, s- setting up small, you know, quick meetings, and everything like that. I could see is that okay. So all all what they're doing is actually building trust, and yeah, you could feel. I don't know what uh, you know. There's different parts of the world, but I know in Ireland. We have to believe in the person we're buying from. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, sometimes you'll get a warm, fuzzy feeling in your tummy that this is the person to go with because, you know, the pricing is similar to the competition. The They seem to be, you know, similar enough products. But then you go, your, your tummy gets this warm, fuzzy feeling. Yeah, that's the person I will deal with. And that usually comes from building up trust. And when I went down from the, you know, the thing to how to increase sales, how to build trust, how to do all them things, they all come back to, a lot of small interactions with your prospect. It doesn't make a difference the size of the interaction, the amount of effort you went through. It's actually nearly the consistency. I will ring you next Thursday with the with the with the updated pricing. You ring next Thursday. You do not fail on that promise. They're tiny promises. It's just a phone call, and it probably is just a price thing that you can deliver it in in thirty seconds on the phone. But you follow up with that phone call on the Thursday, and you deliver that new pricing thing. And it was a, it's a tiny, tiny sales action. And so I just kind of started to call them nudge 
you would feel that a 30 second phone call to give somebody with an updated pricing or something like that doesn't feel like a giant step in the sale. To me, I started seeing them as nudges that keep the sale moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I thought. I, even, I think I even called them a micro nudge at the start. <laughs> and then someone said to me, listen, a nudge is actually quite small anyway. Why are you calling it a micro nudge? This is the guy who was reading my first ebook um, uh, that I, I wrote. And he said, why are you calling them micro nudges? They're just nudges. And I said, okay, okay, sorry, sorry. I'll drop the micro part. So right. yeah. They were just like, because of the re- like, you know, when I started reading all these sure. sales blogs and stuff like that, it just felt like they're tiny things. And I said, is that how you increase sales? You just do all these little tiny things? And I guess that's what it is. It's, it's these yeah. tiny little nudges that, that increase the, the trust factor and, and, you know, eventually get to that point where somebody, yes, they're making uh, decisions based on, you know, informed information choices are you know a good solid technical reading whatever it is but there is always that element as well sure. i trust this person he said she said she would ring me at that time well the you know, tiny promises building up they're, yes tiny promises they're uh, building up and yeah. that was that's where the nudges came out of or the micro nudges that got shortened yeah 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 fantastic habit for people to be into yeah. all right well michael thank you so much for joining us today um tell folks how they can find out more about one page crm or connect with you yeah, so it's uh, basically it's on onepagecrm.com, um, and that's spelled O-N-E, not the, the number one, but um, O-N-E, pagecrm.com. Um, and we you can sign up for a free trial for 21 days. Um, just takes a few seconds to sign up, and we start you off inside there. Again, it's just start adding some prospects and setting next, next actions, and don't worry about anything else in the system. That's all it takes. <laughs> perfect so everything right. else comes in its own time thank right. you very much hey well thank See you on. michael and uh friends thank you for spending time with us today remember join us again tomorrow we'd really appreciate it until then also really appreciate if you could go to itunes subscribe to this podcast leave a review love to hear what you have to say either good or bad and thanks again for joining me until next time this is andy paul good selling everyone 